I'm super excited to have you here, Deez. I, I I feel like I've been following you for over a year now, maybe on Twitter. I don't know how we exactly got connected, but I, I ended up following you on Twitter, and I saw, like, okay, here's, who's this person with a bunch of CryptoPunks? Like, every single week he was changing his Twitter advertisement to uh, different CryptoPunks, and I was like, okay. And this is... I don't know, maybe January or February when I started to notice this. And I was like, okay, this person's clearly, you know, very tapped into this world. And over the past six months or eight months, we've seen it really explode. And so Deez and I have chatted a few times, but I couldn't be more excited to have him here. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, Deez. So I'm just going to start off just right at it. When did you buy your first CryptoPunk? That's like the thing I'm most curious about because Mr. Beast told me to buy CryptoPunks like... I don't know, a year ago, and he doesn't let me forget it. He reminds me every single day. Yeah, so I bought my first CryptoPunk. Um, it was 3.5 ETH on September 28th, 2020. So, you know, 11 months or so from today. Do you still um, own context, the What is it at right now? No, I, I flipped that punk within like five days. Um, I, I bought a floor punk. So at the time, uh, my friend was telling me I needed a zombie, which is like 30 Ethereum. And Ethereum was uh, $300. So it was a relatively cheap-ish thing I could have got at the time. And I was like, nah, I'm going to get a floor. Like, this is a good entry. I don't trust the zombie. I don't know what this stuff is. And I bought a floor, and within, like, two days, I was like, this is not the punk for me. I'm going to sell it immediately and get something else. Um, so I bought my, like, first hoodie right after I sold the floor. You know, we, we, did a, we did, like, a crypto episode, I don't know, Blake, how long ago? Like, three months with Fred. Uh, yeah, one of the founders of Coinbase. Ago. And so many questions have spawned off from that podcast uh, about like NFTs and crypto. And just like for the, the people that probably didn't see that podcast or are like new to this world, what's like your brief explanation of like an NFT that you give people that are like, I don't understand what the hell this is? Um, you know, I'm like the worst at explaining this to people who don't get it. Like, I'm just going to come out and say, like, full stop. Like, if you don't get it, like, I'm not going to explain it to you. We're just going to push it forward, and you can join the train or not, but, like, we're going. Um, I just, like, say it's art. I just tell people, like, I'm trading art. Um, like, if you have a one-of-one one piece of art, in my mind, it's the same as a collectible. Um, it's just, like, a one-of-one. One. So I just very briefly just say, like, hey, I trade art. So when people ask me what I do, it's like, I trade art. <laughs> I don't, I don't I guess, have a great, like, I, I have a whole thread of material that I send people because I get this message, like, what is an NFT? And for anyone who wants it, like, I would send it to you guys and you can put it in the show notes. But it starts out with, like, the NFT Bible on OpenSea, and it goes through, like, every single property of an NFT. So, like, what makes an NFT an NFT? Why are all these properties important? A history of NFTs and all of that stuff. So, like, I just send that to people and I'm like, here you go. Um, but, yeah, that's... That's my that's my process for teaching people about NFTs. How do you think about I guess just expanding on that? Then what was your mindset when you bought that first CryptoPunk? Like what what even pulled you into this world, and and why did you end up buying that first CryptoPunk? Yeah, so before I was even in crypto, I played a lot of RuneScape, and there's this item there's these items in RuneScape called party hats. They came out in like 2002. They were free for anybody to get. They were super limited. And then throughout the course of like my time playing the game, the most valuable items were always these party hats, which were these like, from a utility standpoint in the game, they were useless outside of flexing status. So when my friend told me about the punks, I was like, you need to look into these. I started immediately thinking like, 
wow, these are like party heads from RuneScape, but for the digital economy and not just the game. Like, the ceiling on these is massive, is what I thought. And I was like, I gotta get involved. Um, but yeah, that, that was the first, you know, connection I made in my brain. Did you also, were you like into CSGO skins and, and other types of digital items um, at that point? I didn't have a big bankroll, honestly. Um, I knew about CSGO skins, but I didn't own a knife or anything. I think my most valuable skin is like a case-hardened AK I bought in 2014. Forgot about. Uh, but I was completely aware of CSGO skins in that digital economy. I just didn't trade it myself. I, I was uh, going through your OpenSea before we did this podcast and just scrolling through everything that you now own. How how are you identifying projects that you want to get involved in? Like, do you have like some things that you're thinking about or looking for, or is it just like ad hoc? Like, this thing is dope. I want to collect this piece of art. Um, it started out. I only was in punks, and then I got into Art Blocks because uh, the founder of Art Blocks is a very prominent punk member who had claimed a bunch of zombie punks in 2017, and he stuck around the punks community in the Discord and like helped build it for years, just kind of like spreading the punk's gospel. And the guy behind it, his name's Eric or uh, Snowfro, but he's one of the nicest people in NFTs. So he came out and was like, I'm making art blocks. Here's a squiggle. This is my Genesis project. And it was like, it could have been anything. I would have minted it because it was Snowfro. He's just so nice. So like for me, most of the time when I ape into a project now, I am getting so much information. Like Blake last night's like, look at this loot stuff. And then I'm in Slack, and then Andy's like, buy a wizard robe, it's some loot shit that puts you in some, like, Discord. And I'm like, alright, for you, send it. Like, I didn't do any due diligence, it's just like, that's my process now. Back then, or like, if I'm putting a lot of money behind something, I, I need to know the person, I, I need to talk to them. Like, I'm really big on hosting a Twitter space with a project, and then just, like, picking their brain for two hours. And if they pass, like, the gut vibe check, then I'll mint some and go forward. Uh, but yeah, for me right now, it's like, if I'm going to take a big position, I know the artist really well, or I know the platform really well, or I'm just taking like a, you know, quarter or 50 cent coin flip and just seeing what happens. Like not much due diligence. It's just uh, apery. I mean, my, my <laughs> life feels like it's uh, moving so fast. Like I can't keep up with all the new projects and all the DMs. So it's like, if I triangulate signals and get like DMs from two or three people who aren't related that I respect, I'm like, okay, there's something here. Just throw something at it. Um, but that's kind of what I've been doing for the last month or two. Wow. And, and so I guess you bought that first punk in September of last year, is, is what you said? Yeah. So it, it's coming up on a year now. What were your expectations when you bought that? Like, I assume you, you thought it would be some good investment. Obviously, I, I'd be shocked if you thought it would be where it's at right now. Uh, but like, how have things just changed for you over the past uh, year? And how many punks are you up to at this point? Or like at, at your highest point, like, I, I guess, how many punks did you have? My highest point, I might have like 15 or 16, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't feel like that much. Uh, right now, I own eight. But uh, I, I didn't expect these would be worth, like, what they are now. Um, obviously, in the Discord, there's a prominent member of the community named Von Mises. And um, he, for, like, you know, since May 2020, before I was even around, if you go in the Punks Discord and search the phrase million millionaires, he was saying, like, there's millions of millionaires in the world. There's only 10,000 Punks. And he was, like, buying them when they were, like, one Ethan less. Um, but we all kind of memed that, like, hey, there's all these million millionaires, and a lot of us aren't selling our damn punks, so, like, come get them. 
and then it the meme kind of became reality in a sense like you know we saw 140 ethereum floor the other day i think right now it's back down to earth a little bit like back down to earth at 110 but whatever that means like it's still insane but uh, i didn't think it would be this much so fast like the way my life has changed over the last year um i went from like being a government employee who's working at home during the pandemic spending all my time on crypto twitter and fucking around with nfts and shit coins to like quitting my job and working for fractional and like trying to build something i love and uh, it's been a wild year like I, I never would have dreamed i feel like i took like a, a trip like i took like a lot of shrooms i haven't woken up yet i'm just like living this <laughs> alternate reality but uh it's wonderful like i told blake you know i've been watching it, him on twitter for like two or three years so the fact that he just like cold dm'd me it's like uh is this real <laughs> oh i asked okay. i asked blake the other day i was like what have you been up to and he goes i just trading nfts <laughs> i was like what i'm just flipping jpegs <laughs> in my free time right now I'm, I'm 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 a jpeg collector i like the art it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah i i mean it, it obviously sounds insane we, like when we even say that like that we're you know selling and trading jpegs uh when, like, do you feel like we're in a bubble right now, given that you exceeded your own expectations, or do you think like this is just the beginning? Like, how, how do you think about the future? I I don't know. It feels like it's the end of the beginning to me. Like that, hmm. I don't know. Like anybody coming in at a hundred and ten ETH per punk, or I don't know what a squiggles up to today. It's like thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to say. Like this is still early for some of this stuff. But the supply on some of these things is so absurdly low. Like a Fidenza, um, before we hopped on this call, I, I sold a Fidenza today. It's like 293 ETH. Um, I wow, bought it congrats. for 60 <laughs> Ethereum. I literally bought it for 60 Ethereum 10 days ago. It was like 68 ETH. Um, like, how can I say that's not a bubble, right? But at the end of the day, there's 999 Fidenzas, probably more people who want them in the world or there will be more people who want them in the world within a year or two than there are available so yes it's a bubble but like i think for the quality stuff it's uh hard to say when or how it'll pop whereas like with all the avatar garbage that people are minting i think there's gonna be like a liquidity crisis and that just kind of dies out eventually like when you can't flip the old project to get liquidity to ape into the new project and you're not just putting new money in like that liquidity dries up really quick and people aren't going to be able to exit so it's kind of like two different markets like you got the blue chip expensive stuff and then you have the you know super risky volatile profile pick mania yeah if you've been if you're like uh and i i'm not that deep into the nft space like i have a few axes i didn't buy punks if you're like a novice like, where do you start at this point? Because it seems like to get to even get into like the good projects, like your 200k deep just to get one. Is there like a place where like someone new should start? I think that's why I kind of went and jumped ship to work at fractional, um, because it gives you fractional, it gives you the option to fractionally own blue chip NFTs. So like, if you're starting with thousand dollars, and your risk profile, like you don't want something that can 50x, but you know will most likely burn your money. Um, you could average into these blue chip NFTs. Granted, your upside isn't 50x. Like if you're buying into a punk at a five or a hundred and twenty dollar, or I mean hundred and twenty Ethereum floor valuation, like what's that going to take to get to a 600 ETH floor? Like how do you get that 5x? You you might not. Um, or you might not for a while, I should say. Whereas, like, the profile picture is really 
you know, it could 50x in a day. Um, so it depends, like, if you have risk capital that you don't care that you lose, like, I still suggest probably aping into a bunch of new stuff. But if you're one of the people who, like, is just trying to DCA into something quality, I would look at, like, um, either fractional ownership or, uh, like, NFTX. Like, I, I can't even... NFTX is, like, a protocol where you can own tokens that are fractional ownership of a pool of NFTs that you can interchange the tokens for the NFTs and it tracks the floor. And, like, that probably makes no sense to anybody who's listening, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's go down the wormhole, get your feet wet. Um, don't feel like you need to buy something your first day or your first week. Just like hang out and kind of assess what's going on and kind of join the different communities. Like I still recommend people join the Punks Discord. It's public, it's free. Um, it's a very, very lively place with a ton of information being dropped still. Uh, Artblocks Discord is another one. But... I mean, it's basically, it's it's hard, right? Like, don't start on Nifty Gateway buying open editions of garbage. Like, that's where you don't start. Yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't know how deep we want to get here because uh, I don't want everyone to get, like, so confused. Because <laughs> ideally, I want them to walk away from this podcast and be like, okay, I need to learn more about NFTs. Here's the resources. I got a lot out of this. And I'm going to go to these, like, websites, Discord chats, all that. And I know you mentioned, too, it was like the punks uh, discord and what was the other one art blocks art blocks can, so we'll try and find those and link them yeah a, uh, a college you know course worth of nft content that you can put in the show notes if you want like I, I have a good amount bookmarked that i'm not great at regurgitating but i'm really good at sharing and being like hey here's a rabbit hole have fun mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm i'm in a lot of these discords too and it's like it's like content and information overload at this point. I mean, even like Axie Affinity's Discord, it's like capped at 800,000 right now. And it's just a constant stream of conversations 24-7 that I just can't keep up with. So it's like it's, it's been a lot of information that I just can't. I just don't have time. And I know Blake's a full-time JPEG flipper now, so he has time for it. But I've, I've struggled for sure. How do you focus, Blake, on like your job? Uh, right now like do you just say like oh my job is flipping jpegs because like you look at the opportunity cost of not flipping jpegs and you think to yourself like i just sold a fidenza for what i'm going to make for the next eight years and it took 10 days like yeah well i mean what, I, I, what I, am i doing I, I i think about it as i'm just sort of a student right now and like the the role of being an investor is i get the opportunity to go down rabbit holes and I would say for the past month or so, I've I've been just really you know tied into this rabbit hole, and I'm I'm really just a student trying to learn and like observe more than anything else, and you know still doing my day job, still finding tons of other deals, and and you know being helpful on that side. But I would say all of my free time outside of that, I'm just like hanging out in these discords, whether it's Artblocks Discord or you know random other discords, and being like, oh wow, like this is an interesting thing. I, I agree with everything that you're saying that, you know, there's a lot of noise and uh, there's definitely a game of hot potato of like, you don't want to be the last person holding. Uh, but I do think there is some really uh, clear value like to these, uh, to the blue chip uh, pieces. And like, there's certain, you know, I didn't like NFTs that I've collected over the past, uh, I don't know, three, four months that like, I don't ever want to sell. Like in a perfect world, like I just hold forever. Uh, and, and that part like is, would sound insane to most people but i think when you're in these communities uh you really start to like realize like oh, okay like I, I there's a there's like a whole thing around if you own a punk yeah like you know if, if you own a punk uh you, you basically need to own two right like you can't 
uh, just on one because you're never going to want to sell it. Like, because once you're in the community, you're never going to want to like sell that other one. So for me, I'm, I'm just like all about the community aspect. And, and that was something I was going to ask you about, like, how important do you think just community is to each of these projects that you're in? And like, uh, how do you think about just for me, one thing that I'm always weighing out is like, who are the other people buying these? Uh, and are they the going into this with a quick flip mentality or are they like really here because they want to be here and they're going to be here for the long term? Yeah, I would say what you just said is exactly why I didn't buy any pudgy penguins. Um, hmm. Because the people entering it were all of these people who are on crypto Twitter who didn't buy any NFTs before pudgy penguins and then aped in. That's like all of those people are used to, you know, a shit coin just dumping it as soon as they get it um and it's like i don't want to be involved with that but you're 100 right like to me the community is everything i spend a lot of like i spend 12 hours a day plus in these communities whether it's punks art blocks like i'm on twitter all day every day it's basically my job as a community manager <laughs> at uh fractional but um yeah the community vibe is everything like if you go into a discord and everybody is just smashing like floor 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 it's like they're not even talking there's no discussion it's just apes just like tell me if the price is up or down and then like you don't want to be a part of that because they're not going to build anything long term they're just going to be you know at the whims of the market and emotional and then like i don't know uh, not the type of stuff i want to buy into will you ever i know you have you have eight, what eight punks left will you hold on to some of those like will you like i'm never selling these eight like i'll have them for the rest of my life uh, so every punk I have is on a tier list, and every punk has a price. Um, the price for my Grail punk is $25 million, so I don't think I'll ever sell that. And if the market moves up, I'll move his price up as well. Um, mm -hmm. I would say there's realistically four or five punks I don't want to sell, and then there's another uh, three or four on the chopping block. And there's actually two like I bought in the last month with the intent to just flip. So like every one kind of has a different spot in my mind, um, but there's like a few that I don't really want to ever sell if I don't have to. Mm -hmm. Like Blake said, it's really important for people who get in to buy two of everything. Like, that's probably why Blake bought two squiggles. Um, because at one point you want to realize profit, but you never want to leave the club. And to do that, you always need at least two. Have you been have you been looking a lot into like um, like different play to earn? I know we, we talked a little bit about Axie Infinity. Are you involved in any of those projects right now? Um, I'm probably one of the most pessimistic people on Axie um, that you'll find. I, I think it's great that we can offer a game that's better than a job to a third world country. But like, have you played the game yourself? Mm -hmm. Do you enjoy it when you play it? Like, can no, you see absolutely yourself not. Playing like, it for four hours a day, like, no. Yeah, like that's my issue with every play to earn game I've ever played. It's like I feel like I'm yield farming with my fingers instead of my capital. And if I wanted to do that, like I would just go shove money into a convex vault and farm rather than uh, play any of the play to earn games. I'm sure they'll do well. I know like very smart people who are very bullish on them, like a um, couple people in the DFS poker fan like fantasy sports world. Basically, they're really into these play to earn games and not just Axie, but some of these new ones too that are coming up. And um, they're like telling me about them. I just can't get myself into them. I don't like the art. I don't like the game. It's like I, I passed on Axies last year. I never bought AXS. Like I've missed this whole run. So maybe I'm just negatively biased into to not getting into it. But like that's kind of my take on it right now. And if you put a play to earn game in front of me that's fun, I, I'll play it. But like for me, I, I don't see it. Yeah. 
that I mean that makes a lot of sense. I, I I think you know it will be really interesting to watch how that space evolves over the next six months. Um, I'm curious for you, like these you you've become you know a, a creator yourself over the past uh, six months, whether it's through spaces or just like being more of a public figure. I imagine there's a balance of you wanting to promote projects that you're in uh, or not in. And, you know, just that whole balance of like, oh my gosh, I can actually impact the price and move uh, a lot of NFTs. And, and how do you think about that as, as your role? Like, you know, now that you have a bigger voice, because I imagine at some point you're like, oh my gosh, my voice is way bigger than I thought. Uh, it, how do you think about just that element? And yeah, I, I'm curious how you've approached it today. Yeah, I mean, as my following gets bigger, you, know, you realize you have more and more responsibility. Um, the thing that I do the most is I, I probably just host spaces spotlighting artists with like smaller collections, or, like pieces that are between 0.1 ETH and 1 ETH, um, and try to give them a platform into like talking to collectors who they might not know. Um, I try not to promote too many projects unless, like, Project not being an artist making a collection, but project being like, uh, you know, new collectible 10,000 series with a roadmap. Um, I've really laid off promoting them recently. And like, I think the ones I've promoted before are like Wicked Craniums, Forgotten Runes, Wizard Club, uh, Goblin Goons, and a few others. But like, the reasons I did those is because I talked to the founder for a bit by myself got a good vibe and was like oh they're doing something new or maybe it's unique let me see what they have to say um, now it's to the point where like my message requests every day are full of these projects i just ignore all of them because um, it's like just not <laughs> not feasible to go through and talk to every founder and try to vet them anymore like now it's more like oh i get a recommendation from a friend who's like look at these people they're doing something cool and then i might talk to them that way but it's too big to feel an incoming request unless i was like to staff a team to vet them and like i don't take any payment for any promotion like the only thing i'll ever ask for is if like someone's doing a photography collection i just ask that like i'm able to get one piece for the price they're asking before like a mob of people come in and buy it out um so like for me it's very important to like not do any paid stuff with the spaces and just have it be this more like organic community thing um and that's kind of how I've approached it from here because I'm just trying to build up a big community around spaces and like NFTs, ship posting and creating. Like, that's really it. Um, it seems like there's a big demand for that <laughs> from the growth I've seen. So I just keep doing it. Yeah, and we've already seen the creators like get torn apart for getting paid to promote shit coins. I, I'd imagine like promoting NFT projects is going to be like the next wave of things we're going to see on like social media is these like influencers will promote it, pump it. And then people will find out they get, they got actually got paid to do it. So I'm just like, I'm really worried for this, like the next wave of this to happen because we've already seen some people like get completely kicked out of the community and they're just like not allowed back in. The people aren't even watching their YouTube videos. Like they just got completely deleted and canceled. Uh, and it's, it's interesting to see like how the SEC or anyone else is going to regulate or even step in in general. And so I'm just like kind of patiently waiting to see who's like going to pump and dump like some massive NFT project. Um, so that's, yeah, that's like, I've been like slowly keeping my eye on that, but like, I totally agree from your perspective. Like it's, I just want to be involved in the community and I wish all the creators thought about it like that. It's just, some of them are like, I just want to make as much money as possible. The thing about this space in the last year of my life is like, I've made enough that it, 
I'm, I'm comfy, um, and I can just give back at this point. Like, I don't really need to make more. Uh, I'm sure I'll make more just by being involved anyway. Like, as with most things in this space, if you just survive for a while and, like, keep your head down and grind every day and buy new cool stuff and, you know, kind of follow your curiosity around, like, you're gonna make a lot of money uh, just by doing that. So it's like, you don't need to, like, promote stuff to dump on your followers to make more money like mm -hmm. that's your only way to make money in this space you've been really messing up like for a year plus now yeah i i, I definitely I'm, i get nervous when i see a lot of bigger influencers and creators coming into the space and saying like i just bought this for 200 ETH type of thing and only because I get nervous. I, I like my assumption is that they're doing it because they actually like the project and they're doing it. But like the pessimist in me is like, okay, they're just doing this to pump it, and it sort of just like dilutes the brand overall of like these other. Like I don't know if it's a ten thousand you know avatar project. Like they bought something and you know it, they paid a lot for it, but they're going to drive a lot of people to that project, and uh, you know it, it might end up looking like it's a pump and dump when in in reality there were tons of like you know, regular people that were buying that because they wanted to be a part of the community. And so I think it's just another layer of like how creators have to think about this space of they just have to be careful uh, of when they're promoting and what they're tying into. Like, you know, when we saw big people buying uh, punks, like that's very different because the punk community was already mature enough, uh, which is very different than like them buying a pudgy penguin. And it's like, okay, now pudgy penguins just became like king made, but it's all looks like it might be a pump and dump or whatever. Like that project isn't actually a bump and dump, but there's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, noise within the space. Yeah. I think, um, with a lot of these influencers too, like, uh, some of them are just like big degenerates who like don't care. Like I'm just going to say some names. Um, Gary V loves just tweeting whatever the fuck he aped into. It's like, okay, it's cool. We can all watch people's wallets anyway. So like the thing about crypto, it's a blockchain. It's all open. A lot of these people don't use more than one wallet or they have one main wallet. So like you go look at Gary V's wallet. You can go look at Logan Paul's wallet. You can go look at FaZe Banks's wallet. You can go look at Matt Kalish's wallet. But like, all those people are just big degens to me. I'm in different groups with different ones of them, and, like, they're just like us, but they don't seem to, like, have the same, you know, warning signs before clicking the blue button that says tweet. Um, <laughs> but, like, they're just big degenerates who just want to ape stuff with high upside, and, like, yeah, they probably know what they're doing at some point, too. Um, but, I mean, I, I tweet the same thing. Like, you could say the same thing about me at Squiggles and whatever the hell I tweet about. Like, it's just kind of the game we're playing i guess as you think about like right now we're clearly in a profile picture boom uh like there's also a generative art boom with heart blocks and things like that like how do you think about the next wave there's obviously a ton of talk within uh nft world of like maybe it's going to move to one of one type of art where it's you know very just like really just unique one of one art like how do you think about the next wave and what are your sort of predictions for where this might be heading i think um for one of one art in particular it's a really like you know esoteric market uh you have to really know like who the ogs are you have to know the history behind the space um it's a lot easier to come into punks and art blocks when there's like thousands of comparables, right? Like if you're on the Fidenza page and you're like, oh, three people just paid 300 for one that looks like this. I feel comfortable spending 300. 
there's not a ton of big one-on-one artists who have a bunch of comps. Like, X-Copy is really the only one, and his are just, like, building on top of each other to the point where, like, you're probably spending over 300 Ethereum for a bad X-Copy. Like, it's not a one with a character that looks cool and it's memorable. It's, like, an early one that's just, like, a glitchy-looking screen. Uh, and a lot of these artists, they might not even have, like, the portfolio X-Copy does to have the comparables. So, like, you only know because somebody who's been around for a while told you or you just know the history. So I think X-Copy, or, I mean, I think one-on-ones will find their day, but it's going to take longer, like, than art blocks and generatives. And I don't think the multiplier on your investment is going to be, like, super massive either because a lot of whale NFT collectors have already, like, packed up their truck and drove away with all the one-on-ones. So, like, if you want a Lost Robbie, if you want an X-Copy or Hackatow, like, you're shoveling out 150-plus ETH, um, which most people can't even get into anyway. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of, like, gaming movement, kind of like Reed was saying earlier with the play-to-earn stuff. Like, if somebody can make a better game that's a Ponzi like Axie, but is slightly more fun that more third-world country people can play than fucking... It's going to take off, right? Um, and people see the success of Axie. Like, you look at the numbers, and it's just jaw-dropping. Like, their volume and, like, revenue just dwarfs everything else, right? Like, so there's going to be competitors who come in with something more fun, um, I think. So, I mean, I don't know what that game is going to be. I'm not taking big bets on it right now, but I can see that being another wave where it's, like, more of these gaming integrations. Um, I still have a hunch that, like the Solana team is going to integrate with, like, a big game at some point in the next year or two. Like, they have the money. They have the talent. Um, I just read something recently about how they're, like, working with Unity on some crap. And it just makes me think, like, they're the only blockchain that's scaled for a big game. Like, you could put RuneScape on Solana and have every transaction, like, on Solana. Not saying they're going to do that at all, but just, like, an example. Uh, whereas, like, Ethereum, good luck. You're not putting any games on Ethereum unless you're playing a game with billionaires who uh, like spending gas. Like, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. And then outside of that, like, I think there's going to be art block spinoffs. It's like Generative Art's massive now. It's getting bigger. People want to copy what works because art blocks really works. And, you know, if you're only dropping one generative, you know, art project a week and then only has 1,000 mints, like, there's so much demand there that people want. Um, so I'm kind of, like, taking small bets on generative art on Solana, and it doesn't look good, but I'm like, oh, it's half a soul. Okay, I'll buy a few. Uh, but I don't, I don't know what it's going to be, really. Just, like, gaming, knockoffs of what already works, one uh, ones for the bigger players. Yeah, I and I don't think the, the big publishers and developers are going to ignore this space, right? I'd imagine Ubisoft, EA, like, they're all kind of thinking about, like, what's our play-to-earn strategy, it's just, I'm guessing they're all years away from that though. Um, so we're gonna probably go through some ups and downs in that market before we see some of the big players jump in. Um, but that's when I think this probably gets really interesting is when they can figure, like when Activision Blizzard can figure out like what that game is. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what it is when it comes, but uh, mm -hmm. until then I'll be patiently waiting. Well, hopefully, you know, you mentioned a lot in this episode. We'll try and link as much as we can in the description from the like Discord groups that you mentioned to like the different websites and things that people should be looking at. You also mentioned like a, an NFT article that people should should read and just tons of information. So we'll link all that in the description. Hopefully this was helpful to everyone listening. It was definitely helpful for me. My head is spinning. Uh, I'm probably going to need to listen to this back a few times, but thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you.